0: We're trying to explore what we're calling the first step of tshuva. Um, I imagine there could be a lot of ideas about this. I think we'll see in the Chovos something very novel, but we may discover that um, we may need introduction even to approach what the Chovos calls the first step of tshuva. So, I think it's a valid first step for us to focus on the definition. Tshuvah is returning. Returning where? Of course, returning to Hashem, which requires having a good and correct understanding of what it means to be with Hashem. Uh, (laughs) Now, I don't mean to uh, uh, suggest that this presupposes that we were ever previously with Hashem to say we were returning. Uh, Maybe we were never there, but that's where we're meant to be. So we need to understand correctly what it means to be with Hashem and then see if we can find a way how to get there and uh, accomplish what will be called Returning there, where we belong. So I think the Chovas gives us something quite powerful, but also not at all simple. To help us to understand what it really means uh, to be at the very basic uh, place of being with Hashem, being. At the starting point of what would be the service of Hashem, which then becomes also the definition of the starting point of that return, Nachawaslavus presents the question through which he uh, unveils to us something quite amazing. He presents the question: What is The first step in the choice between quality of humility or all the other good character traits that a person could have. Which comes first? Quality of humility and the rest will follow, or first all the other good qualities and then humility? Now that's quite a reasonable possibility, as we see in in where he says that Moshe Rabbeinu was the one who achieved that the highest level of humility because of the fact that he had all good qualities and he did not have the need to give himself any false sense of greatness to compensate for a feeling of deficiency based on being lacking in some other good quality because he had them all. And in that sense, Humility could be a product of all the other good qualities. But the Chauvet Sala takes the position uh, very strongly that absolutely humility must be first. And we would have thought that the, the simple reason would be because it helps us to achieve all the other good qualities, which we do find in many good sources. A person is humble, he will not get angry, He will be more respectful of other people's needs. He will be able to put their needs before his own. And it could branch out into a whole variety of good uh, human interactions and good character traits. And that's 100% valid as well. But that's not what the Chava says, is the reason why humility must come first. He says the reason why it must come first is because the very foundation, the very beginning of a person's being able to serve Hashem requires that he should be relating to Hashem as his master and to himself as a servant. For a person to truly be in any form of serving Hashem, and for anything good that he attempts to do, for it to be truly meaningful, it must be from that starting point of service of Hashem. And we're going to have to just work with that phrase for the moment. Of course, we'll come back to it very soon. In order for a person to be in a true form of service to Hashem, Hashem has to be in his experience and his understanding, and in his heart, his master. And he has to be a Shem servant. And he describes how these two um, definitions, so to speak, these two identities are mutually dependent because a master is only a master when he has a servant. Of course, the Shem is all powerful, but for Hashem to be a master in this world, There must be those that are his servants that are in that role and of that nature and of that identity and for a servant to be a servant he can only be one if he truly has a master who is his true master and for the master to be the master the servant must give up all aspects of mastery if he has them someplace in his own personal life experience, then his master is not the only master in his life. He also has some mastery, and he will not be able to relate to his master in such a manner that he is nothing else but a servant. For the servant to be a servant must be totally that means that he relinquishes and he assigns all qualities of mastery to his master alone. And in this situation of us and Hashem, that would mean that Hashem is the sole master in my life experience. And that way Hashem can be my master. And I am only nothing else but servant of Hashem. And to be that, I have to embrace that role and that identity. And nothing has to, can be there and will stand in the way. So that requires humility to the highest degree possible. As much as a person can acquire it, he will be able to perceive himself as a servant and Hashem as a master. So it comes out again that the very basic starting point of the person's being together with Hashem is that he has a good grip on his true identity, which is Hashem's servant. And he has the fullest grip that he can have on Hashem's identity in the world and in his experience. And that is that Hashem is his master, is the master and his master. And we find this also in Ramchal, Hashem, where he says that the entire service of Hashem is resting upon the foundation that the person is the servant of Hashem. So it's even make a start. We have to have the correct identity. We have to be serving Hashem doing His service as His servant with Him as our master. Otherwise we will only be doing things. We will not actually be acting in the service of Hashem. Or it will be somewhat limited or reduced or be minimized by the fact that He is not truly, completely, in his mind and heart, in his whole sense of experience, a servant. Okay, so allow me to pose the question. If you could imagine yourself accomplishing this, of perceiving Hashem as my total master and myself as totally his servant, how do you imagine that's going to make you feel? I don't want you to actually answer the question because I'm afraid that somebody might have a more sophisticated answer than um, most people because you already heard a lot over here. So I'm not asking you um, that are here with, with us on the Sheer personally, I'm asking the theoretical you. <laughs> The, uh, the the view of anyone who is listening or might be listening. And I imagine that most people would not be very comfortable with it. And that is largely because our very powerfully ingrained um, association of master and servant is one where the master is dominating the servant is controlling the servant. And the servant is serving the master for the sake of the master. In that case, of course, the master is very great. The servant is very lowly. But even more significantly, the servant has nothing of himself. And he's totally submitted and negated to the master and his needs and desires. And of course, this is this cannot be the kind of understanding and relationship that we are meant to have with Hashem. Because of course, Hashem has no needs, and we are not giving anything to Hashem. We are not even and we are not pretending to be giving anything to Hashem in the form of our fulfilling his mitzvah. We're not supposed to be taking on a a pseudo-relationship as if we are giving something to Hashem, including nachas. Hashem is not in need of anything of our service, like um, many a human master might be in need of the service of his servant. And really, the question then has to be posed, then what role is this idea serving? What, what is, what, how then is this the foundation of a person's service of Hashem? If indeed we are not giving anything to Hashem, and on the contrary, everything that Hashem has created is only to bestow good to us and to benefit us, so what is the real value, nature of this definition of these identities of Hashem as the master and us as his servant? And I think um, it could be a simple suggestion. And we'll see if we consider that Satisfactory. There could be a simple suggestion that we want that we should be totally accepting and embracing the will of Hashem as opposed to our own desires. We might have, we might have many desires for ourselves of a very physically oriented nature, a very personal or ego nature that will take us away from serving and fulfilling Hashem's good plan. And we need that these should be held in check and not allowed to overtake us. And if we embrace for ourselves the mindset and the heartset of being the servants of Hashem, then we will no longer be subject to these, these these other forces controlling us. We will have something more powerful when they may arise in our mind and hearts, some desire for something that is the opposite of the Torah and Hashem's plan, Hashem's instructions to us. We'll be able to ward that off. Maybe maybe at, at the highest level, it won't even arise because we will only want to do what Hashem is directing us to do.
1: Can, can I ask a question now at this point? Or?
0: Say, uh, go ahead, weird. yes, you may. Like, you can ask, uh, yes.
1: So, to me, when I hear the word Ever
0: mm-hmm.
1: slave, like, the now feeling let's
0: say, of... I mean, let's say servant.
1: <laughs> okay. But, but even, I guess, to me, to me, what comes up...
0: Too much connotation, you know, we don't want to go there.
1: Right, so, but either way, the connotation is like, there is, there's not so much of a choice. It's like, you've got to do it. There isn't so much, like, I'm not getting that feel of, like, this Bechira, you know, like, choose, but it's like, you know what I'm saying? That's why the Lushen of, like, Evan as opposed to, like, you would say of Vinu, as opposed to that, like, it feels a lot more loving. Like, you know, so that's just my...
0: Now, there could be there could be a way to use that idea that Evan connotes you have no choice to indicate a level... Of service of Hashem where I am so totally embracing Hashem's will that it reaches a point where there is nothing else within me that is conflicting with that like the highest level that we could achieve would be that there's no more room for my own desires like the has been eliminated because I've totally committed myself, I've transformed myself into a complete ever Maybe that's included in Moshe Rabbeinu being called Ebed Hashem. And the uh, Aforish on the Chavit L'Abbur says that Moshe Rabbeinu reached that level and that great praise because he was anamikolot, because he gave up any and all domination and mastery in his, in his life. He was able to be that complete Ebed Hashem. But I don't think that would be satisfactory for the definition of the starting points. We're talking about the foundation. A person cannot begin. Any other, and even any good quality, any good character traits need first that a person has this as his foundation.
1: And you're saying like, if that's the end game, so then we have something to strive for, even if we're not holding on that level at the moment. Yeah.
0: No, that's a, it would be a very valuable thing to strive for, but I don't think that that could be the intention here when it's being presented as the fundamental starting point. That's why the Chovah says that the first step for tshuva is the quality of humility, to accept that mastery of Hashem, that complete mastery of Hashem. And the Ramban in... Uh, in the Sefer Mitzvah, and the Spirish and Yisrael, as far so equates Emunah, most fundamental, first mitzvah of the Tairi recognition of Hashem with Kabbalah's Malchah Shemayim. Recognition of Hashem means Hashem is my Melech. It, it, it automatically, innately includes that relationship of Hashem as the Melech and us as his servants. It calls it Kabbalah's oil Malhushemai. That means that there's a service to be done. There's there's a there's a great king, there's a servant to perform the service. The moon itself, the most basic fundamental mitzvah, Ramban, is, is one and the same with Kabbalah's Malhushemai. So we're talking about something that is very, very fundamental. It would be, be quite reasonable to say the first step of chuva is to accept the reality of Hashem as the master and us as his servant. But we still need to understand it correctly. We need to understand what is this really providing when we say Hashem is the master and us as his servant. And I don't really think that's it's adequate to say that it's for the purpose of our submitting our will to Hashem. Because do we really want that uh, the essential basis of our fulfilling the Torah in all its aspects should be based on submission to the will of Hashem? So here's the question. If we were to say that this foundation of the relationship of master and servant is so that our own desires should be eliminated and we should follow the directives of the Torah as the servants submitting to Hashem's will. Will that be satisfactory? Will that be a true accomplishment of everything in the Torah? Is it even possible to accomplish everything in the Torah based on the submission to Hashem's will, can it be based essentially, fundamentally, upon submission? So I think if we think about it, we will discover that there are critical parts of the Torah, primary parts of the Torah, that cannot be accomplished through submission. Because if we want to accomplish the great mitzvah of alacha b'drachav, mahuaf Atta, mahu rachum afatochan, rachum, mahu mahu chalun afatochan, to emulate the ways of Hashem, Hashem's midays are not comprised of submission. Hashem is not being a rachum v'channun, out of being instructed and commanded to be rachum v'channun. These are the middles of shleimus of Hashem that are innately good. Hashem's Midas ha-emes, Hashem's Midas Tarachmara, Hashem's Midas Akesed is because they are innately shalem, They are innately good. And if we are commanded to emulate the ways of Hashem, then it must be of a similar nature that is within the person to be able to learn from and appreciate and understand and be amazed by and and want to emulate. So they cannot be being achieved and being acquired and being emulated, out of submission because Hashem does not do them out of submission. So it cannot be that the fundamental basis of the fulfillment of the Torah, is going to be giving up of our will and submitting to Hashem's will. So now the question remains. So how is that relationship of master and servant serving as the critical foundation of the entirety of the Torah? That is the first step in our being with Hashem, being connected to Hashem, and serving Hashem, and returning to Hashem.
2: Can I um, jump in for a second?
0: If you are brave enough, go right ahead.
2: Okay. Far <laughs> any bravery, I'm just going to point out that the Babos <laughs> okay. uh, seems to define avdos as haknia ve'ashiflos lefanov. And that is. So I don't really know what that means, but it doesn't seem to be. I mean, I guess that that could be different than what was initially being described as what it can't be as submitting. But I don't know, Kenya and Shiflis, What what is that about? That's what it sounds like he's describing.
0: So, so the thought that I had about it was,
2: I don't mean that as a kasha. I'm just like him, just reading what he's saying, and like that. That's how he describes it. So,
0: right, right. So definitely, there needs to be that for there to be that relationship to put in place, to acquire, to that to be absorbed in the person, that identity of himself as the servant of Hashem, he needs that humility so that he can achieve the recognition that Hashem is the master and he is Hashem's servant. Because to whatever degree he is lacking that, he remains independent. He remains separate. He remains not purely a servant of Hashem. But I don't think this is just some kind of a device to enable a person to be connected to Hashem. That will help him to have a close connection by calling Hashem Master, Himself, Servant. This has to be the true, proper basis. The true compelling basis, like the Ramchal also says. It's all resting on one foundation, that a person is the evet. But if we're correct, that's surely not the entirety of the service of Hashem can be a product of Simple submission to Hashem's commands, Hashem's will, then how is this serving as the foundation of everything of the Torah? I think we find in the Sephardim by Brismila that this is the seal of the master, that's a constant reminder to a person to follow in the ways of the master. Obviously, that's that's concept of mastery and the person being the servant is directly helping him to follow in the ways of the master. But ultimately, that following must be for their own good nature. It cannot be purely just a superficial kind of copying. It has to be within the person. Shalom, Rav Meir. This is a treat. Thank you. So, uh, so this is not not a simple um, challenge that we have here, but um, we shouldn't be uh, surprised by that or dismayed by that. After all, Moshe Sharm says that um, the greatest chachma is understanding the most fundamental anionim of uh, Yira and Ava and Dvekas, So uh, it shouldn't surprise us or, you know, or us if uh, understanding the entirety of what it means that Shem is a master and we are His servant in the Avoida is not a simple matter. So I think we do get some help from the Ramachal. Because the next phrase that he says after uh, that statement that the entire voda is resting on the foundation and a person is the Eved of Hashem, he says, mm-hmm into whose hands it was handed over and entrusted the entire goal of the perfection of creation and, of course, essentially the person himself, who is to view himself as the entire creation. The entire achievement of Hashem's purpose in creation is handed over to a person. He is the one who, for it to be achieved, must be the one that is involved in it being brought about. He must contribute to his part of choosing all of the aspects of emulation of Hashem that are that must be chosen for him to become like Hashem and receive all that good. So how does this help us? I think it's helped us to understand that there's a different kind of master-servant relationship than the kind that we're used to thinking about. we used to thinking about it in terms of, you know, one form like we talked about of the master dominating, controlling, and benefiting from the servant, or at least some kind of a complete submission to the great authority of the master, the greatness and the authority of the master. But there could be a very different kind of a master-servant relationship that we're not so familiar with. We only try to imagine. I don't know if, you know, we ever heard too much or read too much about it or if it, you know, if it must, must have existed uh, on some, some cases that we could learn about, but they're not so famously well-known. So we can try to allow ourselves to employ good imagination. Is everybody ready? I want to ask you to try to imagine, uh, even in the human experience, someone so great, so noble, so exalted, so good, so wise, so caring, so devoted to others, that you are yearning to be able to have a connection with that person. you are are hoping and wishing that he will arrive to your country and offer to be your king you are hoping and wishing that he will choose your country to be the one that he will bestow all the good that he can bestow and enable the people of that country to have a connection with him and be close to him And learn from him and follow his example. And what would you want to be if you could only have the opportunity? Of course, you would want to be his devoted, beloved servant. You would want to be the one who he would be charging with carrying out every good mission that he has. The one who he would be teaching how to follow his ways. The one who he would be empowering to be like him and carry out his mission as of the greatest good nature. That will be a service that you would desperately want to be able to do. That will be a service that would be just... um, delightful, powerful, will be amazing, will be invigorating, will be all-consuming. Because in the process of that service, you will be connected to that great, what can we say, master, king, leader, teacher. (laughs) Because it will all be being done not just of yourself, not just by yourself, not just in some kind of a, like trying to follow an example, it will be done with the relationship already in place, with the already having been defined as and given to be called and related to and be brought so close from the outset as to be entrusted, to be entrusted with the mission of such a master that is, that, that is such a closest from the very initial starting point, that then everything that will be coming will be enhanced, will be uplifted, will be of entirely different nature. It will not just be doing everything good and trying to be like that master, that great person. You will already be connected with him. You will be, you will be experiencing whatever you're doing as flowing from him, as, as all part of his true, unfathomable greatness. So will be of a whole different nature. will not just be Embracing all the good that he shows. it will be embracing all the good that he shows to bring about his purpose of bestowing that good to you and the rest of the world. That will be a very, very different kind of accomplishment of all that good. That will be one that is, has as a starting point, as the foundation, all the good of the master that you are drawing from, that you are learning from, that you are trying to carry out, that you are emulating as part of, as the achievement of that relationship where he is giving to you to be in his place, so to speak. That is such a closer connection that makes everything that you're doing of a whole different nature. It's not essentially coming from yourself. It's coming from the master, which is where it can only come from. It's starting points. It makes it, it, makes it of, a, of a different kind of a compelling nature. This is compelling truth. is not just, I recognize this as truth. This is the master's truth. This is the master's guidance. This is the master's direction. And what is he? He is of perfect goodness. Oh, so then it's not just, I see it as good. It is absolute good. The good of this master is absolute. So when I engage in carrying out his mission, I'm engaging in the the mission that comes from this master. That's the mission from the source of absolute goodness and truth. And it is a whole different kind of experience. So a person is not supposed to come to emulate Hashem from his own recognition of a personal nature. He's supposed to first know there is the Creator, which is Hashem, in all of His greatness in all of his goodness, in all of his perfection. Hashem is the master. Hashem, the creator, who is shalim in all shlemos, is the master, who is taking me to be his servant, who sees in us as he designed the human being and the claustral of the to gain enough of it to become the Amashem. We are the ones who have within us that capacity To carry out the mission of the master. And everything that I'm doing is not just good in its own nature. It is infinitely good as that is carrying out the master's mission. That is a whole different kind of goodness. So I think it's pretty safe to say that um, we have a good place to start shuvah. To start to identify ourselves as the servant of this master who is given to carry out his mission of infinite kindness every moment of the day. <laughs> but the first step is to gain that identity to know Hashem the creator is our master and we are Zeichet to be his servant. But if I have any mastery in my life, then there's a blockage. Then I have a dual identity. Yeah, I'm also serving Hashem, connected to Him. But, oh, I also have my own little corner where I'm separate from Him, where I'm a, I'm also a master. So I need to give up all mastery, to be able to absorb this identity. What am I? Servant of Hashem to carry out his mission. What is his mission? Infinite chesed, the maximum that can be bestowed. That is our mission, which Hashem has entrusted to us. How? By becoming like him. But That process of becoming like him is also founded upon connection with him, awareness of him bring about his good. We're going to become like Hashem, to bring about the good of Hashem. Not just because it's good, which it is good. Not just because it's good right now in the moment. A person could do amazing chesed right now. It's chesed for one moment. Hashem's chesed is chesed for eternity. Hashem doesn't want us just to be good right now, in this moment, or 70 years, or 120 years. Hashem wants us to be in a state of goodness forever. So then when we are doing chesed, we are doing eternal chesed. When we are perfecting ourselves, we are performing eternal chesed by carrying out the chesed that Hashem wants to give, which is eternal. And we are in context with Hashem and His chesed, which is eternal. That is, that is infinitely greater and the best good midas that we could have in this moment. So that requires the full complete recognition of Hashem the Master as the Creator for the purpose of the creation. There is no creation without the purpose. Never let yourself think about creation and Hashem as the Creator without including the purpose of the creation. And Hashem will be the master with his purpose. We will be his servants to bring out his purpose. Oh, what kind of life is that going to be? It's like tingling. (laughs) If If we could stay in touch with it, it'd be like not describable. Could you... yeah, when, when Arizal said he, his his to reach him the simcha that he did a mitzvah with. Otherwise <laughs> they get like the slightest, this slightest inkling. What was the simcha of the Arizal and doing a mitzvah? <laughs> okay. Okay, May those nods really mean a lot to me. <laughs> Go ahead, Judith. Go
2: ahead. Can you describe what what would I be? missing if my perspective was just okay here's the torah the torah is what's good and i believe that because i believe that hashem is good and the um ultimate um not just barometer uh, but the, the definition of telling me what is truly good um and he's telling me that this is what's good for me and therefore i want to do it And I'm happy that he told me about it, and I'm happy that he's there, and that's what he is, and that's the whole story. What 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 do I need to? (laughs) Because then trusted it to me for.
0: Because in that mindset, you're you're somewhat or significantly limited by as much as you can perceive and value of of yourself. All those things that you are recognizing is with your own intellect and that's that's quite, quite good. Everything you're describing is terrific. But when it's coming from the source of Hashem's initiative of all of this and Hashem's purpose in all of this then it's like then it's like <laughs> then it's like unlimited then it's like This is Hashem's good being performed. Hashem's mission, the mission of this malach. Imagine what will be if there will be a king who a king whose wisdom is so great, so deep, so unfathomable, we cannot even know what the king has in mind to produce when he sends me on a given mission. Sends me on a mission, he gives me clear instructions. I know a little bit about how it's going to help the country. But there's so much, so much more that I cannot even possibly know about. So if I'm limited to what I can understand, will be a good result, I'll come back, for my actions, wonderful. But if I know, oh, the king has in mind something that's going to reverberate through generations, it's going to spread to the whole world the, the the potential results that can come from what i am being sent to do are are endless are incalculable oh then i'm serving this king who knows way way
2: more than i could possibly know in this but, but it's not just that it's not just that therefore i'm more likely to do it it's what's being no. described here is that what I'm doing becomes different.
0: Whole Right. My whole doing will be different. And I will thereby be uplifting myself in a whole different way and becoming that elevated servant that the king wanted primarily in sending me on this good mission. <laughs> that I should be carrying out his mission in a way that it uplifts me and makes me into a whole different kind of a servant to him. Whole different kind of a person. Because the more kingly missions I carry out, the more kingly I become. And eventually I become worthy of joining the king in the palace all the time. <laughs> I become worthy of a seat in the royal throne room with the king. So I never, leave, never leave his side. But that takes a while till I reach that level.
2: If I'm if I'm doing what <laughs> it's what's described and instructed in the Torah, because not just I I trust that it's good or believe or know or understand that it's good, but rather because my starting point is that Hashem has told me that okay, I want this to happen, and I'm trusting you to make this happen. Than, then what what my,
0: then I'm carrying out, Hashem's quality of kindness, which is of infinitely lasting nature. So, Rabbi Schmidman, yes, Abarin, yes, go would, ahead. Would it be something to think about? Yes, that. Maybe a first step is not humility and avdus, but a recognition of the greatness of Hashem. Like you explained, when you tried to put it into
2: physical terms, what what created the need and want to be that was wow, that person is unbelievable. So right. wouldn't it
0: be an important step, even before Ebed, to try to come to the... Re- understanding of how great Hashem is which would then make it easier yes, with the yes. next step yes abso- absolutely absolutely that is absolutely necessary and um, I hope that uh, that was covered in the Sefer Chobos Lavavos in Shara Yichud and Shara Bechina <laughs> where we were given some that we don't even learn but you know Given to to say the parts, <laughs> the
3: parts that we're supposed to pretend to know? The parts yeah, that we're supposed to pretend that we didn't learn, but yeah. really, we're supposed to learn, but pretend we didn't learn. Everyone has to learn it, but pretend they
0: didn't learn it. I once started, but I stopped right away. But, um, but, <laughs> of course, what you're saying is absolutely correct, because after to first know the Master that I am now undertaking to be the servant of. So this is all the process of becoming... To start to serve the master and creating within myself that identity of the master servant but of course we must know as much as we can of who the master is absolutely is that, does, that, does, that, yes. does, that, does that make sense yes does yes
2: yes thank you thank okay. you okay
0: absolutely absolutely hey, 100 percent you had a question
3: I had a question, but maybe a point or a comment. Um, sure, sure. When, you... when commented, like I was shaking my head. <laughs> what was going through my mind as you yes. were describing this? Yeah, was I wonder if you know we don't really get the master servant relationship. We're Americans, and we give thus freedom. Like the master the idea of serving a master is so opposite, and and like more than that, I think we're like. We think of the white, the white slave owner probably, and the black, ever that was just killed and beaten, and his family was split up. So that's not a chesed. That's not a master that you want to serve.
0: No, it's so a very it's, big challenge. Very big well, challenge that we have. This negative association, hundred percent.
3: So what? 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 Rabbi was describing made me think of something else, and like mm-hmm. I faked my head because I was like hearing this, and I was. It hit me like everything that Rebbe's describing in a, in a modern way would fit. Another wonderful thing that we all would love. Mm-hmm. If ramesh Feinstein or the Rosh Hashiva came and, and that, you know, and they're already great, great, and they said, I want you to be my Gabbai. I'm this, <laughs> ultra, I'm a, they're known as phenomenal, phenomenal Baal Chesed, my mission of Torah and Chesed, and you're going to come and be my Gabbai. Yeah. Excellent. We, we, I think everything Rabbi just described, we would feel. I want to be part of the mission. He loves me, so he wants me to grow. But I couldn't disappoint him. And I got to further the mission. And the furthering the mission helps me and helps him. And, and everything, like that to me, I'm thinking like that to, that, to me would be so inspiring if, if Maestro Feinstein came and I could join his mission and I could be in a certain sense his his servant, if you want to call it that. Right. right? We'd all love that if we were Shimani uh, Shaal or whoever, you know. Right?
0: Imagine, and I think uh, everything would fit that. Following that, what would be if it, it, in, in like a sort of simpler kind of form, more like focused, if Moshe was giving the she'er, and he knew that there are many talmidim in the yeshiva that can't really understand it only by hearing it from him, they need somebody who hops it really well, who can give it over to them. And he asks you to be the one. So be like that, <laughs> that conduit to bring all the beauty of the Torah to these Talmud. who will be like, ah, oh, amazing. <laughs> so, in a similar way. And then, of course, they'll be great for you because you'll be learning it get so much better and become so much closer to him and learning from him in every good way. So we have to do it 100%. We have to find Mishalom for ourselves that can be sort of a bridge that can help us to reach it. So finding the right Mishalom is a is quite a young uh, accomplishment. And, uh, you know, I'm uh, encouraging that very much. So you be creative as we could be to find the Mishan that can help us and then use them as even a stepping stone to reach like the... <laughs> if you try to wrap your head around this, it's just it's unbelievable what it means. The evich and nim loy, the whom it's entrusted beyond